0: Alright, um, so I was actually, Lizzie hit something on the head tonight, uh, we were actually talking before service too, and um, it's really cool because yesterday, or or the other day, not not yesterday, the other day I woke up and I just you know started reading, and it's like I'm going to go and I'm going to read Ephesians, right, I had an hour or two on my hand, I'm just going to read through, and um, I got to verse 1 and like something locked me up. And it's just what Lizzie said. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. Um, and so, so the word that it used there in, in Ephesians 1, 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. By the will of God. And that word there, will, it's uh, from the Greek the lima. And it means will or it means desire. And it just, it hit me like, man, like, Paul is is paul is what he is because god desired him to be so god had a desire for paul to do what paul was doing and it's just like man that's cool that's pretty awesome like you know we may not all be pauls but whatever god has called us to do it's his desire it's his will that we would do what what he's calling us into um So I'm going to read a little bit here and then just jump right into it. Ephesians 1, 7, he says this, he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So I'm going to get back to to that desire for us, but you know, the mystery of his will, right? Like there, there's so much to talk about when we start talking about God's will. And one of those things is the mystery of his will. And we know what that mystery is because it's made known to us through Christ, right? But but I think, you know, I have a whole family of people that, that are non-believers. Candace has a lot of people in her family that are, that are, you know, really trying to figure their faith out. I don't even know what that means, but... Um, <laughs> But, like, I think the brokenness in, in society, the brokenness in our world, it really wrestles with this mystery. You know, it really wrestles with, with what we have. What we're doing right now, like, this is the mystery of God's will in, at work. And the world can't deal with it. It doesn't understand it. Um, you know, the, it looks at the will of God and, and it gets confused. It gets outraged. And in the flesh, it can't understand why God would take people like us, like the leftover puzzle pieces, and put us together, right? Um, and make us acceptable before the throne, but it's because they don't understand the purpose and the power of the blood. They don't understand the purpose and the power of the cross. Um, so they get confused by salvation. You know, they get confused. You, you don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. You, 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 there's no way. It can't just be... A free gift of God. It can't be. It's just not that simple. John 640 says this, this is the will. This is the desire of my father. This is the will that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on his, in the last day. Like this is God's desire. Our desire, our flesh wants judgment. We want, we want that justice. You know, we we want people to pay for the mistakes they've made. And God says it's already been paid for in Christ. Um, Again, the world can't understand that. This is the mystery of God's will, is our salvation. And then the world gets outraged because, because they see this salvation, but simultaneously they see the suffering that we go through. And then that that that's that's another point for them that they don't get, right? Like if God is so good, why are you suffering? Why is this going on? Why why are why are you going through what you're going through? And they don't get in that mystery. The in Ephesians says this, it says um making known to us the mystery of his will. Listen in verse 10 it says as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. They don't understand this mystery that it's not me. It's not me. Man, Robert made a great point last night. What is eternal life? What is eternal life? Or I'm sorry, not last night, last week. It's to know him, right? Like it's, it's to know God. It's not about living forever. It's not about walking down streets of gold. It's, it's about knowing Christ. So it's not about me. So the suffering that I go through, it doesn't really matter. It's it's just, it's temporal, right? We we get confused and we even get a little upset whenever we read what, what, what Christ says to Ananias, go to Paul. Why? I must show him how much he'll suffer for my name's sake. and, and And it's. It's tough. We don't, you know, the, the, the flesh, the brokenness, the world, they can't, they can't reconcile that. Um, they can't reconcile grace. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty five says, At that time Jesus declared, Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding, revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. God's will is gracious. And the world can't understand it because there's too much mystery there. There's too much that that they can't understand. I read a really cool article today about mystery. You know, I I, I think it's A.W. Tozer says this. He says that there's just some things in Christendom that the saint has to look up to Christ and say, thou knowest. Right. When he tells Ezekiel, can these bones live? You know, you know, the answer to the question. I don't have to because you do. And so in this article that I read today, it's talking about um, quantum mechanics, and it's talking about how at the turn of the century, in the turn of the 20th century, most people believed that Newtonian or, or classical physics would, uh, would at some point in the near future at that time be able to predict the future and retrospectively look back and see the past, see back to the very creation. And then quantum mechanics was, were discovered. And whenever they looked at these subatomic particles, they started seeing things that, 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 that confused them. It didn't make sense. It, it no, no longer did classical physics make any sense because you have particles on the subatomic level that would disappear here and reappear here with no, with no understanding of time or space. It, they would go through two open spaces and come out in one space without being split. And, and, and one of them, one of the guys that quoted him, he said, you know, if, if, like, if we thought we understood something, it, it's totally ruined now. Quantum, quantum physics, quantum mechanics has totally ruined what we thought we understood about the natural world. In the article, what he said is, is if we can't understand quantum physics, things that we can that we can actually look at how, how do we ever think we're going to understand quantum Trinitarianism? I can, I can tell you what the Bible says about the Trinity, but there's mysteries there that, that, that'll that be unlocked. Um, maybe it's Spurgeon that says that they'll, just, they'll intersect in eternity. Right? There's certain things that will intersect in eternity. Um, so there's this mystery in God's will, and we get to take part in that. And this week, I mean, man, just, 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 Sitting here at this table all week, yeah. hearing just just nonstop. I mean, anything you could like, if you could imagine something, mm-hmm. it was probably said in this room this week by by di- just different business owners in this office ba- about the political nature of our nation. Um, good, bad, ugly, indifferent—like it was said, and it's—and I just remember thinking like, thank God I live in the will of a king that doesn't depend on an electoral outturn. It doesn't depend on a victory in war. It doesn't depend on the economic status. It doesn't depend on how many, how many rigs are drilling or how many ships are in the sea or how many, how many shipments Jeffrey gets this week or how many cups of coffee, how many speedy bites get sold, right? Like the will of God isn't dependent on us. His desire is for us. His desire is for us. His desire is revealed in mystery. It's revealed in, in power. It's revealed in purpose. And Christian said to Lizzie and I before we came in today, um, our mission is the same. Our mission hasn't changed. You know, and I think Lizzie actually said it. She said, you know, so many people, like, it really reveals where, where their trust is, where their heart is. Um, but back to that Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, like, There's this mystery and I get to partake in it because like Paul, I am called to X, whatever that is, by the will of God. By the will of God, a missionary, a pastor, a preacher, a worship leader called a teacher. By the desire of God, like God saw you before you were ever born and said, this is you. This is you. You're going to impact an entire community of, of just broken children. That's what you're going to do. You're going to take the, the, this Boston mobster and send him to Africa <laughs> against his will. Because that's God's desire. And, and, and when, we, when we begin to, to take away our own thoughts, right, and start to think with God, we start to see that. So it's very personal. You know, Paul says the same thing he said to the Ephesians. He says it to, in both letters to the Corinthians. He says it to the Colossians. He says it to Timothy. He says it so many times. Like, this is who I am because of God's will. Because of God's will. And you go back to Acts 9 where he tells Ananias, just go. Because Ananias was, mm, you, you, may, you may have the wrong address, Jesus. I don't know if you know who this guy is. Let me teach you. Jesus, let me teach you who this guy is. What does he say? Just go. Just go. Because it's my will. It's not yours. It's not yours. It's mine. He's personal. You know, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. I consecrated you. I appointed you. I appointed you. I set you in this appointed place for what? To be a prophet to the nation. Candace and I were talking about this this morning. Why didn't God give them like teams of people? Like we send missionary teams, right? Jesus had a team. He sent them out by two. Why didn't God appoint prophets as teams? And I don't have an answer for that. But it just, we were talking about this morning. And and you know, maybe, maybe like if me and Jeff are a team or me and Adam's a team, and, and, and somebody starts threatening our lives, maybe, maybe I start saying, man, Adam, maybe, maybe they have a point. You know, maybe we should tone down our rhetoric a little bit. But when it's just me and God, like Ezekiel, like Isaiah, like Jeremiah, when it's just me and God, Jeremiah can go to, can go to God and say, why, oh, this isn't working out. And God can respond, just stay the path, right? Or Ezekiel. Right, They're not going to listen. It's okay. They have a hard head. They're not going to listen. Sound familiar? But you just go, right? Because the watchman's blood is on his hands if he doesn't, when what? When he doesn't sound the horn, when he doesn't sound the alarm. You make yourself innocent by sounding that alarm. And then when we, when, so when we proclaim the gospel, right? The blood is on the people's hands. What did Paul say when they, when they kicked him out? What city was that? when they kicked him out and he shakes his coat out at him. He says, your blood on your own hands. I'll go to the Gentiles. Psalm one thirty nine thirteen. you formed me. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Right? Like, like, like God is so personal. God's will is so personally in tune with who we are. And I get, you know, Candace kicks me sometimes because, like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't get where I fit into this picture. And, you know, I'm thankful to have a wife who can, she's, she, she spent those years in Boston, I think, as training to kind of tell me, like, who cares? Quit crying. <laughs> seek God and let everything else fall where it may. Like, seek God, pursue Christ. Keep your eyes on the cross and quit worrying about who you are. Worry about who he is. And then I, you know, go to my room and I sulk and call Jeffrey and he walks me through it. No, it's um, God's call is very personal. God's will for my life is very personal. Guys, that, that's something really amazing to know that God desires what he's called you to be, what he knits you together to be. That's his desire that you would be that. Yes. And there's times, you know, I think whenever we try to understand God's will by our natural mind. Right? Like um, a really great book uh, that I read last year. I'm rereading it now. But he, he makes a comment in this book. He says, we treat people the way the world treats them. You're a great guitarist. You should be on the worship team. You're a great Singer, you should be on the worship team. God does that sometimes, and then sometimes he doesn't. And then sometimes the guy that has the greatest speaking ability is stacking chairs at the end of service. And when he does it, in the spirit, right? Like, like choose for us seven men, full of what? What were they full of? The spirit of God, to do what? To serve, so that we can focus on preaching the gospel. Also by the spirit. We tend to try to, to, to try to figure out God's will by our natural mind, by our natural ideas. But then we get confronted, right? We get confronted by, by our troubles. We get confronted by our fears. We get, we get confronted because God's not going to, God's not okay with us trying to work it out in our natural self, right? He wants us walking with him. And so what do we do? We take these things to the cross, Right? We take these things to the cross. We take our will, like Lizzie said earlier, our will, our desires, our fears, we take those things to the cross. And for the love of God, we leave them there. We just leave them there. He can't make us. He can't force us to leave them there. We can go there. We can posture ourselves. We can, we can say, it's, it's all yours, Jesus, and then pick it up and leave and take it with us. Or we can choose to crucify it. We can choose to nail it to the cross with him. We take on his yoke, right? Matthew eleven twenty nine. we take on his yoke. Why? Because it's light. It's light. The nets that, that he offers are light. We submit to his purpose for our lives, his will for our lives. Why? Because it's good. Even if it ends in me being beheaded in Rome, it's good. Even if it means my favorite politician doesn't get elected, it's good. Or your favorite politician doesn't get elected, it's good. Why? Because his will doesn't change based on our political structure. It doesn't change based on our our ideologies doesn't change. His will, his purposes don't change. They continue to push forward and our mission remains the same. It's not based on our plans. It's based on I love this. Actually, I'm going to kind of close it with this. And and we'll get ready to take communion. I love this verse, guys. Ephesians 1.11, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will not the counsel of my will not 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 the council of the Southern Baptist Convention or this or this the council of his own will thank God that he only listens to his own sense because if he listened to my ideas if he listened to my sense if he listened to my understanding we'd all be in a pickle our goal in this walk, is not to not to bend him to us. It's to allow ourselves, like the song, to be bent under the weight of his grace and his mercy to who he wants us to be. To walk that out, right? Not because what I think, but because what he thinks. Amen. <gasps> that's all I had for that. Um, sorry, that's kind of short, but um, we could talk. Pray more, whatever you guys want to do, and then we'll take communion and have food.